Before we get to our guest, I want to talk about our NOAA subscription. CD Media is not just a local news company. We're not just a military company. We're not even just a national company. CDM is a global news organization that has reporters from the Middle East to Eastern Europe to the Balkans to Asia to Latin America to the United States. Put us in your daily scan and get the news, tip of the spear news from around the world. I know that people don't like ads, however. They don't like pop-up ads on their phone. They don't like to see ads on the websites. But you know what? We have to make money. Seriously, we have to support ourselves, and that's one of the ways we do it. However, if you don't like ads, you can sign up for our no-ad subscription. And guess what? You get access to our dozen newspapers around the world, our dozen news organizations, and you get access to all this quality, high-quality content. So, so give us a few bucks, sign up for your no-ad subscription, and you'll get access to all of the sites with a block on the ads, and you'll be very happy. And now let's get to our guest. It is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. We're lucky to have with us today Dominic Rapini, and this is for the Connecticut Sentinel and also for Information Operation, our show. Uh, he is a former candidate for Connecticut Secretary of State. He did not; he was not successful in the election, but he's still fighting for election integrity. Welcome, Dominic. Uh, Todd, thanks for having me today. This is exciting. You get, by the way, you have a great publication. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We're growing. Uh, we, need a, we need a thousand more like him here in the United yeah, States. Yeah, we... Uh, we're, we're working on it, actually. We're opening the Colorado Free Press on May 15th. So oh, we're, we're running to the sound of the guns. <laughs> yeah, you know what? If, you, if you're going to open up in Colorado, you just, just follow the path of uh, Ayn Rand, right? And, uh, and, yeah. and, and go find uh, Jack Reardon. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for Galt's Gulch as we yeah. speak. <laughs> um, so you have been quite active. Um, I'm just going to let you tell the audience what you've been up to. You just came back from yeah. D.C. So go ahead. So, guys, my core background is, you know, I'm a lifelong resident of Connecticut. I love this state. I can do my job anywhere in the country, but I, I, I choose to live in Connecticut. It's where my family is, and this is where the best pizza in the United States is. Mm -hmm. So those are two compelling two compelling reasons. When, when I moved here, I, 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 I told my friends, you can get Italian, Italian, or pizza. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, you know, that, that's it. Those, I mean, and that's that's really every food group is, is involved there. So that's yeah, you're done. That's true. So, um. So I, my core job is I work, my day job is I work at Apple. I've been at Apple for 27, 27 years. I've been in the industry since 85. And um, so I work with, uh, I'm in consumer electronics. And I work with large retailers. I look at data across the country uh, for my, each of my retailers. And we look for trends and we look for anomalies. And so I have an eye for that, you know, and, um, and so it's been important. Uh, politically, I've, you know, I've run for the U.S. Senate. Um, you know, I've raised lots of money here. I was used to be the board chair of Fight Voter Fraud hmm. here in Connecticut with Linda Senkowitz, who uh, does amazing work. And uh, we've done a lot of deep dive research on public data uh, and, I, and, and found problems that the state loves to say, uh, oh, debunked. These aren't problems. For example, we found 
5,700 people who in 2020 who voted on election day, but they weren't registered for days, weeks, or months later. Mm. Now, it, it, listen, to be, to be intellectually honest, right, it's not that that was fraud, but it was a big problem with the policy of election day registrations, right? They just, there's no bandwidth with our, yeah. you know, do that stuff. Um, and then, um, and so I went and I ran for the, uh, uh, for the secretary of state. Um, you know, I, I, everyone believes I ran a phenomenal campaign. They destroyed my opponent, the one who eventually won in a debate. You can go see that at Dominic for CT.us. And then, um, and then you'll, you'll have a real appreciation for the concept that, you know, Merit doesn't matter. Quality doesn't matter, right? All that matters is that you're a Democrat that can fell upwards, yeah. right? And that's what we—that's what we have here in Connecticut. And um, and now what I've done is okay. You know, I never—I never quit. So I, you know, been football my whole life, and it's, I just learned you got to keep moving and onto the next thing. Yeah. And the next thing for me is uh, we formed the 501c4 uh, based on America Freedom Pack, and it's called Two Win CT. We're doing candidate development. We're doing research on issues. We're doing digital. We're going to be doing digital um, campaigns on issues like the stop melon voting uh, in 2014. It's going to be a referendum. So we're doing a lot of that stuff. But the thing that brings me here today, I think, is the research that I've been doing on the on these uh, what, fake donors that we've identified mm -hmm. in Connecticut and other people are identifying nationwide. So you just got back from D.C. What were you doing there? So I uh, put together a detailed brief. Uh, that I that I socialized with uh, different stakeholders in DC, trying to build support and trying to advance the cause on this issue. Mm -hmm. So let me describe for everybody what, what we're talking about. In Connecticut, there's 18 donors, average age are 78 years old. Um, they have um, collectively donated 115,000 donations to federal candidates. They have almost 1.9 million dollars. Um, and I've actually visited, you know, seven of these people who said, I show them their FEC report. I show them a summary. And, you know, and listen, some, a lot of them are in their 80s. But, you know, they're sharp. You know, college professor from Yale, you know, real estate sure. I wouldn't even uh, do it otherwise. But they're saying, this is not, I didn't, I don't, I don't have $70,000 to donate to political candidates. You know, I, I, no, I don't, I'm too busy to do 240 donations a month for four years. Right. I show them that I break down the data to the, you know, to the simplest forms. Mm -hmm. and so they, they, you know, they energize me because they said, this is not my data. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're looking potentially at, um, at identity theft. We're, I think we're looking at elder abuse. And, uh, and I think at the worst cases, we're looking at um, money laundering from outside money. On a massive scale. On a massive scale. We're on a statewide, on a nationwide basis. You know, we could be talking about $10 billion just since 21. Uh, across 63 million donations of, uh, and across 3 million donors, okay? Now, um, you, you put this all together, and it's, it's amazing. And remember, people listening in, the money that's being donated does not belong to these elderly donors. Right. This is, that's an important, everyone thinks, assumes that when I explain this. This is money being donated in their name, Right, using their address, their uh, FEC donor ID, and you know you'll see people with 149 donations in a month. Mm -hmm. Now, you can always explain some of those things based on, um, um, you know, recurring donations or some earmarks, but the numbers are so massive, Todd, that it's a, you know that. And this is what all the stakeholders I presented to. 
So I presented to the Republican National Committee on Thursday, and uh, and their lawyers were good. They were poking holes at this, and but we kept coming back to it. I said, guys, okay, these that could be true. This could be true, but this isn't all true, right? These this, the data is so enormous. Were they looking to support you or looking to shoot you down? No, they were looking to support, but okay. you know, listen, they that's their job, right? To challenge these assumptions, right? Sure. And that's what I do to, with my own data with my my colleagues. We. What else could this be, right? We try to, you know, we, you know, our credibility is important. We want to make sure we're not chasing a ghost. So, and so then I was at Judicial Watch on um, Friday morning, me and my partner Chris Coyle, and um, smart, smart freaking lawyers, right? And they're poking holes at it, but they kept saying, you know, we kept coming, like, okay, you're right, that could be one thing, but it's not all these things. Yeah. And the conclusions over and over again were, yeah, there's something going on here. And the final destination is I connected with Ken Cuccinelli, who's just a, a great patriot, former attorney general of um, Virginia. And he got me an audience with the administrative staff at the House. So we were at the Longworth Building meeting with representatives from the Senate and, um, uh, and, and Congress. These are administrative people. These are, you know, there's there are lieutenants and foot soldiers. And they vetted this. We, we vetted with them this whole uh, went through this entire brief. Same, same dialogue, right? Well, could it be this? Could it be that? I say, yeah, it could be, it could be a little bit of that. It could be a little bit of this, but it's not, again, it's not all that, you know, when you have someone who's made 12,000 donations for $324,000, who's a school teacher, right? It's not, she didn't click the wrong box. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And when she says you know, and that, that, and that money doesn't show up in their credit, you know, their checking account, they didn't click the wrong box. Right. And that's why the, some of the in-person stuff, now, some of you have seen this stuff done as videos by James O'Keefe. Yeah. Um, and so those are great. That provides kind of a quick awareness of it. Uh, I decided not to do the videos. Uh, I felt that these are victims, right? These are like sure. they're all my mother's age. And um, I didn't want to embarrass them. So I had him sign affidavits saying, and I gave for this number for uh, donations, this dollar amount, and, and they signed. And I, co- I countersigned it in person. In fact, when all these different stakeholders saw that my signature, you saw this in-person signature, they were floored because they thought I was doing this by phone. So mm-hmm. no, I did this in person. I went into their homes and had coffee with them, mm-hmm. right? And um, except for one, you know, one one family, a couple that pretty much thought I was a scam artist. But yeah, I did. You know, you do the best you can. <laughs> sure, sure. No, you got to so, get past that trust barrier, of course. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I was doing in D.C. That's what I was presenting. And this is what I'm trying to evangelize. I've I've even provided provided this brief um, to um, uh, Attorney General William Tong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually presented to him while he was in studio on Talk of Connecticut on a radio show, and he got he's got the brief. We we talked through it, and he agreed to go look into this. We're going to replicate that with other AGs because the okay. one thing you know maybe we'll get some congressmen and, and um, senators behind this, but. You know, I think it really takes an attorney general with subpoena power to go out there and do the back-end investigation. You know, where's the bank accounts? You know, where's the credit cards? What states do you think you might get a good response? Because, you know, as I mentioned before the interview, we're active in Georgia and Florida, and, and they just want nothing to do with election fraud. Um, well, so so we, we think Texas and Florida's attorney generals, but this, mm-hmm. this is not about the secretary of state. That, yeah, they, they have no role in Actually this. moody, right? In Florida? Yeah, exactly. So he doesn't want gonna, anything to do with election fraud either. I'm just telling you. But go ahead. Well, that's okay. <laughs> the best we can do is present to them. Sure. And, 
And this is not election. Fraud. I mean, this is, you know, we're, we're talking about money laundering. Doc. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and, and we're talking about their citizens being victimized. So hopefully that's a different take for them. Mm-hmm. And um, we want to take it to Georgia. I, I, you know, I, we have some contacts there. Mm-hmm. We want to get in, um, I'm going to do a, a deep dive on Missouri and probably West Virginia. Okay. Um, and, um, and maybe Alabama, you know, West Allen is he, well, he's a secretary of state. You know, he, he's, um, he's all in on, on election integrity. So yeah. at least he can help us, you know, all we need is one ally, like a foothold. But you know what? I mean, once you break it open in one state, then right. everybody else is really hard for them to ignore it. That's exactly, well, that's what we're counting on. And then we pour on the media exposure. And- so we target like five or six states. And I'm actually working today. I'm doing a deep dive on Florida. Mm-hmm. So in fact, can I share a screen? Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah. I guess something you're going to love because okay. since, since you, you have an affinity for Florida. Um, I'm, on, I'm on the Miami-Dade Republican Executive Committee and there's a lot of shenanigans going on down there. Well, you're going to love this. Um, what am I sharing? I'm sharing share screen. Let's just do that. <sighs> okay. Yeah, I know. It's giving me tips on how to share screen. Allow... Um, hold on. I got to pick an app to share. Yeah, no worries. All right. Now, are, are you seeing my screen? Not yet. Huh? You're sharing another application window. All right. Sorry. Used to zoom. Zoom WebEx and teams. Yeah. Browser cannot access your screen to capture a different screen to use it. This continue. Oh, oh, I see. Part of the problem is I'm I'm using Firefox, which I never use. Um, blah, 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 blah. Oh, present, presents. Yeah, it should be there. Oh, oh my God, that's an upload a file. Good God, sorry guys, you wouldn't know I worked at Apple, would you? Yeah. Share screens not working on present. Um, oh, let's just do. I'm, I'm going to pick a whole screen. No worries. Okay, let's try this one. What do you say? Oh. Yep, there we go. All right, but there's no there's no app there, Sean. Oh, okay. Let's do this. So it shares the screen, but no app. Son of a gun. Hmm. Uh, do you mean to take that out or leave it up? I'll edit this out. Don't worry. No, it's just it won't show the apps that are that are open. Hmm. All right, last chance. Select your window or screen. What do you see now? Nothing, honey. All right. Well, sorry, guys. Doing the best I can, but uh, the te- te- I'm not versed on this uh, on this this technology. It should be working the way it's going. So mm-hmm. we're just going to say stop sharing. So here's what I'm, here's what I was going to show you. I'll tell. I'll explain mm-hmm. to you. When I look at all the top 18 donors in Connecticut, um, I look. I, I actually set up a bar chart or a graph. 
of all their donations in 2012, right through 2023. And in 2019, they have the whole group has tiny donations as a group, right? Then all of a sudden in 2020, 21, 22, it spikes up like a hockey stick and um, to 10 to 100 times X what they did in previous years. So there's this huge spike. In those three year that three year period, 2020 to 2022. So that's what was true of Connecticut. So I did the same chart for Florida. It's the same pattern, mm. right? And some of these, some of these um individual donors, all their donations happened in one year. And then then they they, they were nothing before, and then they dropped off to nothing afterwards. So when you see these patterns over and over again, this big spike in that three-year period, it tells you that, that really begs the question is was that a a centralized or concerted effort sure. to push these, push these donations through. And it, it, it's clearly yes, because every, um, everywhere I look, that's, that's the pattern. And, um, and they Did also show that to the uh, congressional people. Oh yeah. This was a clincher for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause they can think about, well, was it earmarks for the, were you taking on joint committees where the duplicates being filtered and out? And the answer is yes. But when they saw these patterns and how they can be replicated, uh, and, um, in other states and, and, and for each individual donor, that's when they realize that this is beyond, you know, normal human behavior. And that's really right. what, it, what it came down to. So um, what else is going on in Connecticut specifically besides the money laundering? Well, you know, so, so we've got hit with a bevy of, you know, listen, we're, we, have, we face a super majority in Hartford. Yeah. So, We've um we had to go fight, and I was testifying against ranked choice voting, right? Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, God help us. And you know, I'm a, I testified that that it's a Ponzi scheme, and it's uh it's really a way for you know for just I said it's like it's like it's a way for candidates to everyone where everyone can get a trophy, right? Yeah. You know, elections are based on you know you're raising the money, you're building support, you're building the issues. Ranked choice voting, I mean, they just put you right in there. And so yeah. you can get you. That's why in branch choice voting, like you've seen in other states, you know, it's very the, the second and third choice of everybody is can actually be the winner of, of an election. Well, that's what happened in Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. And well, in California, quite frankly, mm-hmm. um, um, Jerry Brown, the governor, you know, four years back, right before Newsom, he had a ranked choice voting bill on his desk and he didn't sign it. Mm-hmm. He says it is too confusing. Uh, and it's it delays election results, and and so he stopped it. You know, New York's when Eric Adams's primary, uh, twenty twenty one, they did ranked choice voting in New York City, right? And it took them six weeks to determine a winner. Yeah. So we obviously, were able to, obviously nefarious. Yeah. Yeah, but they're not done with it. They're going to come back to it. Then they they, they we have they're going to be voting on on uh, allowing sixteen year old kids to pre register to vote. Yeah, I saw that. So, I did the analysis and said, okay, we've been doing it for 17 years, year, 17 year olds for a while now. So I showed the data in 2022, my election, only 15,000 uh, 18 year olds were even registered to vote, right? Out of 2.4 million voters. And out of that group, only 5,000 voted. It's like 0.001% of the electorate actually voted. So the point of that is you, you do all the pre registration you want. That's not. That's not what's going to get these kids a to register and and b to vote, right? It was a it's a dismal failure, and they want to expand it. 
right? You know, liberals always want to take a bad idea and, and say, well, you know, we didn't do enough of it. Yeah. We, you know, we didn't execute well enough. It's going to work this time. Yeah, it's going to work this time. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so I push back on that. So, you know, my role here is to, is, is identify for Republicans. Here's the problem with what's up there and, and teach them how to talk about it from, you know, in terms of election issues. So we're not done yet. <laughs> we could, there's more. Um, so we just passed in Connecticut to change some of the big major ways we vote. It requires a constitutional amendment. Mm -hmm. So in, in my election, uh, the electorate um, supported the measure for early voting. All right. Now, that's problematic in Connecticut because our 169 towns um, are in, have their own individual war, uh, registrar and they're mostly 80 percent are part time. So early voting means these part time people have to work multiple days in a row. Right. And quit their full time jobs or not be grandparents or whatever they want to do. Uh, we're not structured like that. Um, Does the know, state want to take over? Well, I think we think they are trying to take over. And I'll explain yeah. why. I think they. Um, so they passed it. The legislature just went for 10 days. Uh, no, you know, including Sundays. And um, and what's and the registrar was like they, they didn't believe it was going to happen. It's like they're, they're crazy. It's, oh, they're never going to do that. So, of course, they're going to do that. Yeah. So now we got restaurants who are like, I don't, I can't work 10 days in a row. I have to, you know, I have, I'm a professional. I have all the jobs. I got to take care of my, get my grandkids off the bus, you know, so we're going to lose registrars. And I think that's the goal. Yeah, of course. To force them out uh, from the part-time role and replace them with full-time employees in, in 169 towns. Yeah, of course. I also, they, I also control. Yeah. Right. And I also warned them in my testimony, guys, it's going to like 169 precincts every day is going to cost at least half a million dollars. And I'm able to do the forecast because I, I've worked, I know what it takes to set up a precinct. And um, sure enough, they got to find $9 million now to pay for it. And I, and here's the third thing I promised them that they ignored is you're not going to increase the voter turnout 1%. Mm -hmm. In fact, it usually goes down to uh, down as far as 3%. American university did that research university of Wisconsin. Um, you know, when you look at the you look at the voting turnout histories of, of states with early voting, it, it never goes up. It's the same turnout. You know, they, they had big, they may have a big turnout in 2020 because it's a presidential election, but then all the other years are average. Good yeah. example is Wyoming, right? They they have 45 days of early voting. You know what the voting turnout is in Wyoming? 52 percent. Wow. In Connecticut, you know, we have one of the highest voter turnouts in the country. We're like, you know, we're in the mid seventies, right? Because you know, because we're we're fairly well educated, you know, population, you know, and um, and we're a tight community. We're not spread out, you know, in a rural area. So I just think those are all contributing factors. So it's going to be a failure. They, and now they're trying to do no excuse mail in voting, and so yeah. they just voted to put it on as a constitutional referendum in twenty twenty four. I'm going to work the fight against that and. So Here's that's a big one. That's a big one because I'm telling you, um, every case of voter fraud in Connecticut has to do with two things. There's two common denominators, Todd. Um, it has to do with absentee ballot voting, right? Being and it has to do with a political operative or can candidate. Yeah. Because our political operatives candidates can actually you know hand out applications, get people to sign up. You know, illegally they will take possession, put them in the drop boxes, blah blah blah. blah. And we have five cases under FBI investigation in Connecticut. And my opponent in 2022 said, oh, yeah, a little bit of fraud is acceptable. We know that's going to happen. I got to run. I made a radio commercial out of that. 
And, um, but you know, you're, you're a tree falling in the woods sometimes in Connecticut. So how do we fight that specifically? Well, I'm going to, I'll be making the points that, um, we already had 10 days of voting. That's the safest, most secure way to vote. You know, that ship has passed. So I got to embrace, we got to embrace it. Right. Republicans, conservatives, whatever, however you hate these forms of voting, that's they're in the toolbox now, whether you like it or not. Right. So you got to make it work. Otherwise you'll be at a disadvantage. Uh, Because remember, you Republicans go after votes and Democrats go after ballots. So so we got to go after ballots. Okay, so I'll be talking about it being the most safest, most secure. And I'm going to say, you know, we've had uh, we've been doing 100 years of uh, absentee ballot. But every case of voter fraud and I can I'll be able to show 24 cases. Every case of voter fraud in Connecticut has to do with uh, mail in voting. Um, And Connecticut does not have signature verification. Uh, it, it doesn't. You can't do that with 169 towns. You, just, you need centralized uh, collators. So in Florida, we know that in Miami-Dade alone, there's 50,000 voters on the rolls that don't exist. They're literally made up, false addresses, et cetera. Is that problem here in Connecticut? Because what's happening in Florida is yeah. they mail out the – well, they go in and they switch the address of certain people before the election and then switch it back you know, via the machines on the voter rolls and – so you're getting ballots mailed out that are going to wrong addresses and to fake addresses. And then those somehow are harvested in the postal system and voted. We don't know how that's happening yet. So mm. what do you see that in Connecticut? Because it's statewide across Florida. Well, we know in 2020, the secretary of state spent $7 million to mail out an application to every Connecticut citizen. It was a colossal waste of money. Mm-hmm. It ended up being for every ballot received, it, was, it cost eight bucks. In fact, I wrote an article with Ken Cuccinelli, uh, an op-ed in Politico, mm-hmm. that detailed that. And um, so by that article made them look cra- stupid. So they're not going to do that again. They also don't have the money. Um, well, two, that's never stopped them. I know. <laughs> the solution, if you want to tighten up the absentee ballot voting, you've got re- you to eliminate the pre-printed MDF, a PDF that it can mm-hmm. be brought to an app. It has to be online-only registration. And we have online, it's not online only. Because if you have to go online and put a social security number in, you can lock that down big time. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said, I'll, I'll be in favor of it if you can, if it's mandatory um, that you go online or you go to the, 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 um, the town clerk's office. Because you have to do those two things. Now the political, the political people are out of the picture. There's no way they can, they'd have to sit in front of a computer with everybody to, to, to help them register. Mm-hmm. And um, so, uh, you know, but in fighting this, you know, we're going to raise money and we're going to do digital advertising. See, absentee ballot voting on a white is uh, without is unfettered in Connecticut and will lead to fraud and distrust in our elections. Mm-hmm. Vote in person, vote absentee if you if you qualify, and that's it. You know, we're going to have that type of message that we we have to develop the message. But that's kind of the gist of it. You know, make your vote yeah. count. Vote in person. Let me ask you about the GOP in Connecticut. I had an experience in a, a town um, uh, and uh, met with the GOP uh, and, you know, said we want to try to help, you know, and, and they said, well, uh, you know, we don't want anybody who has kind of the old geezer views of how things should run. We, we you know, essentially they said we want to cooperate with the left is what do you see that pervasive across Connecticut? And are well, you seeing success in moving these people out of office? In the party, so we talk. We say out of office. Are you talking uh-huh. about elected officials? Or are you talking about? I'm talking GOP because I think the GOP is kind of weak in Connecticut. Am I wrong? 
Well, listen, mm-hmm. the definition by definition of success, yeah, we're not, we're not doing a good job, mm-hmm. right? We've uh, these 169 towns. You know, I've been to every town. I've been to every town committee, mm-hmm. and there's a per- pervasive attitude of when you go there and you, 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 you Tom, what would you and I say is the number one role of a town committee? Just to talk about not state level, but just town committee. What's their number one job? Register voters and get people to vote. Yeah, get people yeah. And, and right to get Republicans elected. Yeah, sure. Right? So you go to many of these meetings and uh, lovely people, but they, they'll spend 45 minutes talking about the process for cutting a PO at town hall and how the Democrats aren't following the, the process. Yeah. I mean, oh my God, what are we doing? Yeah. We're playing small ball here. Yeah. We gotta get, and so we, we're trying to rehabilitate that image that or that thought process. We just had elections of our new state central people, the 72 people that kind of like regional managers at a, mm-hmm. at a company. Mm-hmm. And um, we got a nice new crop in some beautiful people that, you know, we, that I helped nominate that other people recruited. So we got some new people and a lot of the, the geezer mentality, the geezers are, are moving on mm-hmm. fine people, but you know, they're, they're, they're all, they're all, their idea of success from the old guard was, you know, smoke a cigar and drink some bourbon in the back room and make a deal. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. stuff. We don't mm-hmm. want deals. We mm-hmm. want, this is a meritocracy. Let's get the best people out there. Mm-hmm. And um, so we do see that changing. We have a great chairman, but he needs help around him. Ben Proto. Um, but you know, he's got, he's got one and a half people in his office. Yeah. Right? He doesn't even take money. He just he pays the money for a professional director. So I'm doing a lot of things and I'm organizing a lot of people that do stuff where we'll have a different budget. We'll do things and say things that the state party cannot do. Um, but we've, um, you and know, that's so, your pack is what you're saying. Yeah. And we'll do that through the pack. Yeah. And, um, and we're not doing it in competition. We're doing it to compliment. Uh, yeah, sure. party. You know, I, I, I think we could raise money to um, go out and, and hand out, absentee, you know, absentee ballots uh, to Republicans and unaffiliates in, in different in key towns. So I think we can do things like that through two win CT. And um, and we're just trying to we're just we're, we're, we're going to be more nimble. We don't have to, we don't have bylaws. We, you know, we're not a think tank. We're a do tank. And we're just going to go out and make things happen. Mm-hmm. And, um, right. and this research that we're doing here on this, on, you know, this is stuff we do to build our credibility. So what's, uh, last question, what, what's your um, short list? What, what, what are you focused on in the next few months? Yeah. So right now we're recruiting really, really good um, municipal candidates in, mm-hmm. in towns that we haven't won before, like Hamden, New London, West Haven. And we're, we're raising money to provide them with training for candidate training Mm-hmm. Train them on fundraising. We've got we've got organizations that are going to train them on collective bargaining, so they can understand that from a cold start. Mm-hmm. Um, these are uh, two of these. They're all minority candidates, and that are conservative. And then we're trying to we're going to get behind them, and and train them. Now we're a five hundred one c four, so we can't endorse them. We can't you know we can't give them money, but we can train them. And we have a lot of veteran conservatives. Um, lot, most many of us are uh, graduates of the Charter Oak Leadership Program, CLP, yep. if you know that, from the, out of the leadership program of the Rockies. Mm-hmm. And um, by the way, you, that's a group you, you need to connect with, with your, your next venture, Colorado. What, what was the name of the? Leadership Program of the Rockies. It's a conservative um, uh, development group, develops conservative voices. Okay. They're, they're famous. I mean, they're, leadership they're, what? What was the second name? Leadership program of the Rockies. Program. Okay. Yeah, they're yeah they've um they've they've got some big guns 
and they would they would embrace what you're doing. Okay. Yeah, it's all based on constitutional principles and the understanding what communism, uh, what capitalism can do. You know, mm-hmm. the value of capitalism. You know, as a strong as an economic force for good in our country. So I want to have you back. Uh, obviously, this is going to be a big uh, next two years. But um, how can people help you um, help your efforts? Well, we, we're, we're about to launch our website called uh, LibertyPipeline.us. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to aggregate some conservative bloggers, and, and including your point people to you know your uh, publications. Great. And so we're going to be aggregating there and, and trying to bond conservatives. Um, the, if somebody wants to, to donate to some of the things we're doing or learn more about it, for now, just you, you can find me on social media, Dominic for CT mm-hmm. on Facebook and Twitter. Or my emails, Dominic at Dominic4CT.us. Dominic at Dominic4CT.us. And just get in touch. And when we launch the website, then you'll we have an end up page, but it's just, there's no way to easily explain it mm-hmm. right now because we're all we're in mid-launch right now. And um, and we'd love that you guys be part of what we're doing. And we love all of our contributions are going to go towards developing candidates right now. And then we're gonna be raising money for the uh, uh, the stop uh, absentee ballot voting. Yeah, you know, no excuse absentee ballot voting. Yeah, well, we've um, we've discovered that there's been such a lack of media accountability for a long oh. time that even just a little bit, really, <laughs> they don't like it, and yeah. it, and it can have a big effect. Yeah. So we we are uh, motivated and determined to bring that to Connecticut. So we'd love to work with you on that. Yeah, we and our job we we want to make sure all conservatives are aware of what you're doing. Um, you know, our good friend Sally Fink has, has similar things. The CT. Yeah, I know Sally. Yeah. You know, and we want to make sure everybody, you know, everybody knows Todd Feinberg, Gary Byron, Kevin Allen, all the personalities. We're going to have them all one-stop shopping to go find them, and we'll aggregate their uh, their articles every day. So that will okay. be an aggregation site, and then we'll have other things that we'll be doing there for resources for candidates. But LibertyPipeline.us. Keep an eye on that, and that's going to be a, we'll launch that soon. Excellent, Dominic. Yeah. Thanks for your time. I I appreciate it. All right, listen. Hey, Todd, if we're not careful, we go. We might win some elections here, my friend. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, uh, my family got off the boat in 1600, and they're buried oh. in Middleton, and so I have a deep historical in my genes connection to Connecticut, <laughs> and uh, actually related to the Burrs with the Burr Farm and the Burr Homestead wow. and all that. So uh, I, I feel it here. So it, it's yeah. it needs. You know, I'm, I'm worried they're going to try to start taking down the Minuteman statues and all that. I mean, yeah. we got to protect. This is the cradle of liberty. we got to protect it. it, so. it in 1600, my family was fishing in the uh, Mediterranean. There you go. <laughs> and enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and making bacala. <laughs> Excellent. All Take right. care, Dominic. Cheers. Thanks, Todd. It's a good pleasure. Yeah. Bye-bye.